We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you, like Newcastle United, one of those who all you do is win every single day, no matter what? Well, if you want to win at running your own business, it's time to draft Shopify as your all-in-one commerce platform. Forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customise your online store to your brand, discover new customers and build the relationships that create die-hard fans. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow a winning business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world score their first sale with Shopify. And you can too. Shopify is the secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning ideas into the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Try out Shopify for free today and start selling anywhere. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash truefaith, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash truefaith to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash truefaith. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. I'm Alex. I'm joined in office by Simon Campbell, Charlotte Robson and Alan Cleary as we Preview pre-season, Newcastle United are back in pre-season training this week. Yes, it has come around already. The actual season is about six weeks away, but we're going to talk about pre-season this week. What do we want? What does Eddie Howe want? How will it go? And what will it do for us in the lead-up to the real thing? Quick note from me, we're on Patreon, three to eight pounds a month. Absolutely loads of Newcastle United extra podcast content for you over this summer and beyond. Come and join us. We would be most grateful Si, I'll start with you, mate. Newcastle United back in pre-season training. This pre-season, it's a big one for Newcastle United. What do you think, very specifically, Eddie Howe wants from the team to build up into the real thing? It's a good question, isn't it? Because it's a, it's another first, in, in many ways, a pre-season preparing for a European campaign, which is new to most of the players. It's new to the manager. It's new to the, the coaching staff. So uh, what does he want out of it? I guess he wants an improvement mm. on, on last year's pre-season. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I'm sure last... Last year went very well. We had the, the trips around Europe, Austria, and um, was it 
do we go to Hungary? Was it, there's a little, uh, or do we go to Spain? Anyway, we did we did a few <laughs> little trips. Portugal, didn't we? Portugal, Portugal. I'm sure I remember was on where there. was I? Do you remember that picture of Fabian Cher in front of a mountain looking absolutely delicious? <laughs> that was Austria. <laughs> yeah, that was Austria. Yeah. Right? That's the one bit I remember. <laughs> anyway, it, it seemed like, you know, there was a lot of um, t- team building and all that. And, and mm. you may not need to do as much team building this year, but you'll probably want to keep that high on the agenda because it, it definitely works. Um, but I think more importantly, it's, it's starting the season strong. We've all seen the fixtures we've got in the first month. And we probably, because we've got the extra games of the Champions Leagues to come, uh, we can't afford a one win in eight scenario as mm. we had at the start of last season. So I think you'll be wanting to improve on that. You'll be wanting to get the team up to speed. Now, to play the Eddie Howe way, I always say it takes a bit of time. It, you know, that kind of competitive 90 minutes of a Premier League game, you can't just do that in pre-season. He's going to want those games to be competitive. So I think the, the trip to America and this little Premier League mini thing, he might help because you, you've got proper oppositions there. Um, but yeah, it's all about improvement, isn't it, with Eddie Howe? I agree. And I think, you know, just to kind of touch on that a bit more, it's going to be goal scoring, doesn't it? Like the start of last season. I mean, the preseason last season wasn't so bad. Um, we we lost a couple, we won a few, um, but the opposition isn't Premier League opposition. And it was uh, Eddie Howe's first preseason in charge and all of those things. Um, but the actual start to the season, obviously we beat Forest and then we didn't win for, as Sai says, the next like seven games. We weren't scoring lots of goals. We were we scored a lot against Man City, but that was a, that was sort of an, a, a mad game. Um, but we weren't scoring loads. We were kind of looking at where's that? Where are our goals coming from? Alexander Isak hadn't like bedded into the team. We had the Tranmere game, which was a bit of a mess with lots of different changes. So I think I think that what Eddie Howe will be looking at from this preseason is is looking to come out of the blocks a little bit more attacking. Yeah. Um, and um, and also possibly looking at the depth of the squad and those cup games and things. And if he is going to be making lots of changes, getting that um, cohesion, because we saw at the Tramia game in August last year that there really wasn't a lot of cohesion in the, um, in the people who had come in because he made about eight changes, I think, for that game. So I think those are going to be the priorities. I think America is a really interesting one, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that um, because... It fits into this competitive, you know, these are Premier League uh, teams that we're going to be playing against. But also it's this it's this entertainment thing that the Premier League's putting on to expand their reach in America. So what does that mean for how we're supposed to play or what it's supposed to look like? So I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, I think cohesion is pretty much the, the, the best word for it because regardless of what happens next season in terms of how far we go in various competitions, we're looking at about 50 games minimum. We've got at least six with the Champions League. We'll probably get one or two in each cup competition. If we go on a run there, that's a lot of games. There's going to have to be a lot of changes made. And I know it's just pre-season. And again, we'll probably talk about whether or not it actually ultimately matters. And we've had good pre-seasons or we've had terrible seasons and then terrible pre-seasons where we've actually done really well. But I think getting sort of the fringes of the squad and the outside elements of the squad into a position where you don't have any doubts about them coming in or knowing the system or knowing exactly what their job is. It's not just throwing people in to make up the numbers. If we can get any sort of... Again, just just cohesion in preseason for me. You'll obviously, you want its intensity, and you want people to work hard, and there'll obviously be lots of fitness concerns. But I think just getting into that position where there is no doubts about the players you've got at your disposal, and you know exactly where they can fit in as and when they need it. I think that's job one. Totally agree with all of you, but but particularly what you said there, Adam. The the issue for Newcastle United this season, and I, I go back to I think it was on one of our patron shows. Someone asked the question. 
what does our cup side look next season? And mm-hmm. someone answered, mm-hmm. well, Sheffield Wednesday away. That is the cup side at the minute, unless we sign loads of footballers, which it doesn't look like we're going to. In fact, it looks the opposite. We're going to improve the first team and therefore improve the squad because some players might drop into the squad who are in the first team. But ultimately, like you say, Adam, we're going to have to get used to changes. Like Newcastle fans don't like changes. I remember Rafa Benitez season when we won nine in a row and he made some changes with a big week. He had three games in five days and people like changes. (laughs) What are you making changes for? And then we lost, we lost two of them, one little Blackburn and we lost in the cup to Hull. It was like, see the changes were the issue (laughs) rather than just playing these footballers every minute of every game that, you know, I think it was someone on on a pod that we did recently also said, Eddie Howe last season, predominantly you knew the starting 11, mm-hmm. which isn't always the case with teams who play in the top four. Yeah. Like generally, mm-hmm. teams that play in Europe, teams that play in the top four, yes, they will have pretty much a starting 11, but you won't see it that often because of the need to rotate. So pre-season is, is definitely one for kind of mixing and matching different footballers and maybe even different formations. I'm not quite sure how is that flexible yet. But also I look at, we've only got five fixtures so far and we played eight. How, how went nuts last season we yeah. played two games in 48 hours or 24 hours uh, actually in terms of when the kickoffs were so maybe we're a little bit short yet there might be more fixtures announced but I definitely think I think your point Charlotte about attacking football I mean we'll come on to that a little bit about in the next point about what he wants to do tactically or any evolutions he wants to make but definitely this preseason, it's it's more important because the team is going to play more like you said Charlotte and like you said Sai. Last season's start turned out being fine because we achieved our objectives and then some. Mm. Often in the Premier League, getting over a hard start at the other end of the table, we had Leicester City, who, who just simply never recovered from six defeats. I'm not saying we're going to go there or be in the, the picture for relegation, but that start last season could have become an issue had we not gone into the run that we had once we beat Fulham, particularly with the fixtures that we've got to start the season. This preseason almost has to be perfect. And to be fair, Newcastle last season, they had to be perfect pretty much to achieve what they achieved. Oh, God, absolutely. They had to be perfect because there was no room for error. Um, they got they, they reached the 70-point mark with a far reduced wage bill and transfer outlay in terms of squad resources compared to their rivals in those positions. I think they're going to have to be perfect to do it again or improve this season, which is quite a big ask. But the only way they're probably going to achieve it that is with a good preseason. We're going to leave it there, though, for part one. We're going to go into some adverts now, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about what Newcastle and Eddie Howe need to do in terms of tactical evolution or or, or, to, or just an evolution of the side to, to achieve targets for next season, how that involves pre-season. So if you don't want to listen to these adverts, we're on Patreon. It's only £3 a month for these shows, advertisement-free. Come and join us. Link in the description to this podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Adam, I'll ask you a question then about this. 
Newcastle United, where do they need to improve next season from what they did last season to either maintain their league position or improve it? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think if we did, if we had the same season that we've just had, I think it's 10 times the achievement that it was last season. Now, don't get me wrong, you say, like you say, where to be perfect for it. So many things that would go our way, we were faultless for long runs of the season. You've never seen us play that well that consistently, certainly not in, in recent memory. Next season, with the added fixtures, that's one thing we've already talked about. The workload's going to be, we have to rotate this, rotate that. We've got to keep people fresh. But the fact is, you don't get long in the Premier League to have a system and get away with it effectively. Mm. You've got to be adaptable and you've got to be able to change things around. And you sort of, you see teams will fly one year and they'll try and do the same thing the next year. And it's not a case of them getting figured out. It's just that some teams will have had some success at them and other teams can learn from that. And the longer it goes on, the more of these case studies there are for people to look at and then adapt to how they play. Now, we pretty much played a fairly consistent system all last year. We talked Bruno was in the six. We had Trippier on the other side and the three centre-back. We had a really settled team for the whole season. But the problem is we've done that for a year now. And obviously Tonali coming in is a massive way to change things around. It makes the midfield so much more versatile. But in every other position and every other way we set up, we need to be... Not, it's not that he has to rewrite the playbook. I'm sure we will start this season very similar to the way we ended the last one. But there's going to be a point where that doesn't quite work as consistently as it did. So he's got to kind of get in a position where he knows what his next sort of tactical step is, what the things he's going to want to try out. But of course, the problem with that is until you try them, you don't know if they work. So you might end up making the change and it actually is not an improvement. It still doesn't work. So you've got to have a degree of flexibility and you hope with the players we're going to bring in this summer, they present us with several different ways we can potentially play. Um, I, I'm not one of these people who thinks we desperately need to get Dan Byrne out of the side, but I would like to see a sign left back because the idea of having two fullbacks that can get properly up the pitch in an attacking sense is something different. It would allow us to play a slightly different way. Um, so yeah, just re- going to be really interesting to see if you see much of that in preseason because I do remember last year, that was the first time you really saw... like. We clicked last season when Almiron finally clicked. But if you mm-hmm. go back to the preseason game, Almiron was on fire in pre. Yeah, I think he was yeah. our top scorer. Was, yeah. mm-hmm. The amount of times Trippier was, there was, I think it was the Atletico game, Trippier got him in in a way you've never seen Almiron. Yeah. He came short, got the ball, they played a quick one too, and they got him in against Atletico Madrid. I can't remember if he scored him, but it was, it was a great, great move. And that was clearly a look at what we were trying to do. We wanted to focus on getting Almiron in behind, about getting these really uh, quick, clever passes working with him. So there'll be a degree of that in the summer, regardless of who we're playing. You'll start to see these new ideas forming and hopefully, hopefully there's lots of them and hopefully they work. I take issue, Alex, with your, I'm not sure Eddie Howe's that flexible yet because I think he's a constant improver on himself. Like you saw how when he went away from Bournemouth and then and then spent this 15 months learning how to put a defence together and learning from the best, etc. And that has worked out very well. I think he he must know that he has to become more flexible, that he has to look sign these dynamic players who can change the way that we play, as Adam mentioned there. And I'm I'm sure that he is working on that. I just have this feeling in my in my heart <laughs> that he's working on that. But also, you know, I think um I think I think that's what we're gonna see in preseason. I think we are gonna see a bit more um experimentation a little bit and see how how we bed into different styles of play and how we do things differently and when we are signed like we we sign these players or we're linked with players and people say well I don't know how they would fit into how what we do it's like well firstly probably management does and secondly (laughs) maybe we're going to be doing something different like 
and I don't like it when people say we've been found out. I think we've been found out. They know how to play against us because every team is different and you can see a, a team sort of put up blockers and, and frustrate us in one game and then the next week we've got free run of the pitch. So every team is different. But I think that there are... I think what we're going to see is different ways of playing this season. And I think pre-season, we'll see it come out. Just to touch on that really quickly, I think you get a lot of managers who have a really inbuilt philosophy over systems and ways the game should be played. Eddie Howe's not one of those managers. Like, his ethos and his philosophy is, like, it's a mindset. I mean, I think it's some, it's some like, really lame Gary Neville-style quote, but, like, he had something when Intensity he Intensity is our identity? No, that, I like that one. That one's actually oh, really like good. There was, there was some other one about self-improvement. Like, Eddie Howe, we play the way we play now, not because Eddie Howe believes that's how the game should be played. We play the way we play now because Eddie Howe's looked at the players and he thinks that's going to be something that gets, that gets the most out of them. We will change system, we will change shape, we will change everything across the course of the next season. Whether it's dramatically or subtly remains to be seen, but I, I do think... We've, we've been quite rigid in terms of how we've played more as a... That's kind that, that's sort of like, that's been the result, not the sort of mindset going in. It, so I, th- I think, yeah, I think he probably he's probably more flexible than we've seen, but I don't think he's, he's not someone who's going to change for the sake of it. Yeah, it's, it's subtle as the, the key word. Mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be any wholesale changes. We will line up 4-3-3. It's, it's the modern <laughs> way to play football. It's how Eddie Howe plays football. Um, uh, formation-wise and, and the sort of players that we play in each position are going to be fairly... As expected, in my opinion, but it's it's a, it's those little details, isn't it? It's the when we're going to need to play a high line, when we're going to need to play a deep mm. line, when we're going to need to play a bit more direct, and that's what he'd be trying to get up preseason. And he'd be wanting to see all of these different uh, scenarios played out and see where we need to improve. Because I think you're right, releasing Miggy was was practiced massively last summer, and it'll be practicing when we need that back four right on the halfway line mm. and to play that game in their half, and it'll be practicing right when we're hending. What do we do about that scenario? And I think. That's all it'll be for me. It'll be practicing those little things that to the naked eye, probably, you know, when we look at the lineup on a on a scores app, you'll see the lineup, oh, it's the same, it's 4-3-3, but it's not the same 4-3-3 every week. It will be something different. We'll be trying something different. And yeah, I think depending on the players that come in, he's, he, he does know he's going to have to look at that plan B because there have been games where, and yeah, I, I don't like the phrase worked out, but teams will have more data mm. yeah. on Newcastle in the yeah. last year to, to prepare for how we play. So we are going to have to try and, have a bit more in the locker in case it doesn't work and, and, and to be a bit more flexible. And I think the uh, incoming signings dictate that massively because whilst our squad was excellent last season and even some of the fringe players played their part, realistically, for huge chunks of it, we were playing the same 11, same 11, pretty much the same way. So we're going to have a bit more flexibility on that and we're going to have ways to tweak the game, not just individually, but to to change things. And, and we, we saw it once or twice last season where we ended the game with kind of four attacking players, was it Fulham where we had Maxi, yeah. Wilson, uh, Isaac, and uh, Murphy? Maybe was the other. Um, anyway, front four, and you know, we no one thought he would do that, but I, th- I think we will see more of that kind of. Here's what Plan B if it's not working, and that's what he's going to be working on. I know, we've, I know, we've got to move on really quickly, but we actually did make a fairly <laughs> significant change last season. We we stopped pressing right at the front because we were basically getting in a position where teams were just not allowing us to play around them, and the, you know, we, we, amount of games we had, like we couldn't break down these like two banks of four, so we stopped pressing them really high. We allowed teams to get out, so we had space to run into mm. and, behind and, until Brighton came and changed. <laughs> well, so, Brighton, yeah. so, so I think I think you're right, Adam. There was a realization that it became opponent dependent. Yeah, teams that were going to kick it longer by bypass the press it was almost a little bit pointless mm. um and you saw that the difference between the brighton and leicester games yep. one thing I'll, I'll i'll disagree with particularly with, with what you said charlotte um oh. in oh, particular we've broken up <laughs> we're not <laughs> friends anymore <laughs> youtube comments not not enjoy that comment um no. essentially i thought i think that how is a little bit inflexible 
So last season, Newcastle really struggled against the back five. And in-game, against Brentford in particular, we kind of had to do this almost shit the bed, get two strikers on at half-time. And I, I both applaud that, but also I think everyone saw it coming. Mm. And then you had the situation when Newcastle actually, and this is maybe something for later in the show, but we'll talk about now, were actually quite poor at the end of last season. They won one of the last five games, yeah. played really well against Brighton. Mm. But we're, we're, we're probably below par for them in the other four. That, again, tells you how well the team did across yeah. the rest of the season to make that it didn't actually affect us yeah. losing one and only winning one of the last five. Was it one of the last five? Yeah, we beat Brighton. So we lost to Arsenal, drew at Leeds, beat Brighton, drew with Leicester, drew with Chelsea. Yeah. That's, why, that's why we came fourth. Yeah, that's why we came. It basically cost us, cost us third place. Now, this is not me trying to be critical of any way of, of the achievement of last season. It, I think it speaks to your point, though, Adam, and your point, Si, that towards the end of the season in particular, teams realised that, one, Newcastle struggled against the back five, struggled to bake down three centre-backs. Southampton won the Kitman James' Park, started with a back four, went 1-0 up and went straight into a back three, and Newcastle mm. really struggled. That is going to be part of the problem-solving in this preseason. I think that Howe was also a little bit inflexible at the end of last season when he played Isak on the left to get him in the team with Wilson. And it, we won one of those five games, and I think right up until you know late on against Brighton in, the, in injury time, we scored, we scored, what, three goals from open play in those five games with, yeah. with those two in the team. It, it, it just simply didn't work, and then for Chelsea, he did, he did remedy that. Those kind of things, he's going to have to... He will learn fast. He's going to have to learn fast. But this season is going to be a completely different yeah. ballgame because particularly in Europe, I'm not sure... You know, I'm not sure it's going to be as easy in, in with European football being as different as it is to just kind of blow away teams in the first kind of 5, 10, 50 minutes as we like to do or like to do in Premier League games. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think the one thing I would forgive him last season is that he didn't have a pre-season with, with Isaac, did he? No. Um, he no. signed at the end yeah. of August. So whilst I'm sure he knew, done his homework on him and he knew about him as an individual, he didn't know how the combination of him and different players in our team is going to work. That's another thing I look forward to this summer. He's going to learn exactly where to use Isaac with the, the players around him and, and how. And, and that's something he didn't have the luxury of. Like I say, sometimes he was trying them out wide. Sometimes he was putting them both on and... It, was, it felt a bit experimental at the time, but it, it won't be come the start of the season. I think he'll have worked out exactly what he wants to do and, and how changes will come across in the game um, if he needs to um, find a way to have both of them on the pitch. Um, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> We're so starved for format. Just even talking That's about adorable. it. The next point I want to talk about is what exactly and tactically he would like to do. So we've talked about potential changes. We've talked about what they might need to do. But in terms of what, what you guys think Newcastle were either bad at last season or could or need to improve on, I'm interested. But I'll start off with the obvious one is that we struggled to break down teams who sat in very deep against us in a way that um, teams around us in the league might not have struggled so much. Now, this didn't necessarily manifest itself into defeats because we hardly lost a game last season and all of the games we did lose to teams that finished in the top six. Um, or seventh, I don't know where Villa finished. But anyway, um, ultimately, I think that that is... A lot of people thought James Madison was the solution to that problem. That's clearly not the case. Now he's playing for one of our rivals. There may be a player come in like that Tonali comes in has a lot of attributes but I don't think he's a kind of he's clearly a great passer but he's he's I'd say looking at him from the the very brief highlights I've seen he's a big upgrade on Sean Longstaff personally that's what I say in terms of being able to break up play being able to pressure players being able to carry the ball release it um, much better range of passing so next season you know this is where pre-season actually comes into it I can see even say only cast need to work out how to break teams down 
Unfortunately, <laughs> if you look at who we're actually playing in preseason, we're playing against Gateshead, <laughs> which doesn't count. We're playing against Rangers, maybe. Maybe Rangers maybe, are maybe. We're a much yeah, better yeah. team. European team. But in terms of the Premier League um, summer series, it's three teams, well, two teams who finish in the top six and Chelsea. So we aren't going to be able to practice to practice this. And maybe it goes beyond just the actual fixtures that you play, but then that seems kind of counterproductive. And as you guys excellently said before, we saw what the impacts Miguel Almiron was going to have in the side on the pitch in those mm. games. Mm. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I actually hadn't really considered that we're not exactly playing in preseason the kind of things yeah. we need to particularly work on. We really ID. I mean, Rangers will probably sit in a bit, so that's good practice. But in the Premier League, uh, in the American tour, we could have really done with playing like Forest or something. Well, Leeds like were supposed to be in it. But yeah, Leeds would have been perfect. <laughs> Leeds would have been perfect. Was Fulham there, aren't they? Like Fulham would. Stay we're not, we're not playing them. Yeah. I know. Like, the, 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 we've got Chelsea, Brighton, Villa. Villa. <laughs> who else is there? Who else is there? Uh, Fulham and, and one more maybe. Yeah, there's another. There's six teams. I would have rather had. Well, anyway, but it, it is what it is. It's pre-season awesome. end of the day. No. I mean, I can remember sitting, cause funny enough, Gateshead. I can remember watching us play Gateshead in pre-season under McLaren. And bear in mind, we were just coming out of the Pardew era. We just had a little bit of Carver and we had these patterns of play and we had this clear like style of working. And there were, like you could see where they were starting moves from and if it didn't work, they were recycling. Everyone was getting back into position. I remember sitting there going, I don't... I don't massively rate McLaren, but wow, they want a yeah. step up from what we're used to. Maybe we're <laughs> going to be all right next season. You could see we were working on everything you want us to do as a team, and then we spent well in the transfer window, and we got off to a not terrible start. And of course, we all know how that season ended. Yeah. So preseason, it's it's interesting to talk about. And again, I think when you look at the the Almiron stuff last year, you do get big clues as to what they're working on, and some of that will you know bear fruit across the season. But I don't I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's the end all be all and certainly we're going to announce I think at least two home friendlies you would yeah. imagine they'll be sort of like hand picked for exactly what it is we need to work on whether that's enough I, I, I don't know but you know I, we'll, I think we'll probably touch on it as well it's like the, the benefits of doing this America tour if indeed there are any like do they outweigh <laughs> you know effectively having a nice training session. You'd like to think there's some sort of gentleman's agreement with uh, with with Gateshead. You love game. a gentleman's agreement. Behind closed doors, gentlemen agree things. It's, 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 what happens. it's true. It's, 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 is Mike Williamson still the, the Gateshead manager? He is, yeah. 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 Um I'd like to think that it's like right. You, you lads play ten defenders at the back, right? And we're just going to see if we can score. That's what we're going to try and get out of this game. Something like that, you know. To, uh, th maybe you could say we want you to play a certain way to help us develop our game. Why not? Yeah, that's a great point. Mike, Mike Williamson seems like a really good gentleman. So, oh my cause, god, because otherwise Gateshead would. Have gone five up top against us and <laughs> friend, yeah, very, yeah. Good, good job they'll have sent that text message <laughs> yeah the, the breaking teams down thing is, is a massive one because yeah I think more teams this year uh, are going to sit in I think yeah. we caught a couple of those uh, who tried to play adventurously at St James's Park off guard last yeah. year um, Brentford being one of them um, the the thing about the, the the breaking teams down I think that our biggest issue last season was the, the speed at which we recycled the ball and that will come with more quality players like Tonali, obviously, but the ability to pass the ball from left to right quickly yeah. and not pass the ball a couple of yards behind you, I think it's accuracy. I think that's what Eddie Howe is going to really need to work on. Um, last year, it was all about getting the team fit and competitive and the intensity and the, the team spirit. This year, I think it's it's quality. It's improving the quality, both of the players and what they do, but obviously transfer-wise as well. And I think that's the difference between us and like a, a, a Man City or an Arsenal when they're against a team that's, that's sitting in and playing five at the back and putting four midfielders in front. It's a bit of quality because I think all those games that we talk about um, last season, we still had chances. We still had the odd hit the post, yeah. the odd VAR, mm -hmm. the odd just a few inches wide. Those teams just create a few more of those 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 half three quarter chances, and that's what it takes to to, to win those games. So 
I think it's it's quality for me. That's the the little um, details that we're going to be working on more than anything. I think just on, on the breaking teams down thing, I think a lot of that for us was a was a product of the the type of player how sort of felt he had to select. Like look at the games Joe Linton played, mm. Willick played, Longstaff mm. played. They're fantastic midfielders in terms of direct running and moving the ball at the pitch. Longstaff's like reading of space and everything's incredible, but they're not players who unlock defenses. Like Bruno, that's what Bruno's there for. That's yeah. his thing. But because we're, we're, we're packing the midfield and even occasionally sort of the left and right attacking positions with players who we know can get on the ball, can run, can challenge players, can exploit whatever space we can get them to leave behind. That means Bruno's sort of always forced to sit in a very small area of the pitch. Mm. And we really have to push teams all the way back to get him involved in the final third because he's effectively the deepest sort of yeah. sitting midfielder. Tonali, to me, there's obviously, I've seen loads of people on Twitter being like, oh, he's, he can play as a six, he can play as an eight. Like these terms don't really like mean anything, but I think what Tonali's <laughs> going to bring is this ability to do what Bruno does in that position on occasion, to allow him yeah. to be a little bit more adventurous, yeah. to find space that's either a little bit further from the centre of the pitch or out wide. So I think predominantly, as you say, Tonali's here to upgrade Longstaff massively, and that's where he'll play. But because he's got that versatility, and he's got that range of passing, and he's really handy in a tackle as well, you can see there being scenarios where we can move players into different positions and we can sort of like give teams something else to think about. Because you saw many times last season... When we were sitting really deep, they're like, well, they're going to recycle the ball slowly. They're not great at it. And so long as we pressure the ball when it goes out to Bruno, then they're not going to be, he can't, like, he hasn't got a second to pick that pass. That was where they'd apply that pressure. Now you swap that around, and all of a sudden Tonali's in that position. The player they've assigned to go and press Bruno, does he wander off into the flank because that's where he's gone? Does he go a little bit deeper? We need to have that sort of ability to, to give them surprises effectively like they if they know how we're going to play we need to be able to change that on the fly and I think that's where Tonali comes in because he can play pretty much anywhere in that midfield so mm. it's going to enable a bit more rotations the word I was looking for and Bruno's been playing deeper against his sort of will he's done a great job at it this last season mm. but he wants to be playing further up the pitch he wants to have more more space so I'm sort of excited I think any tactical um changes are going to be quite granular aren't they we're yeah. not we're not looking at wholesale tactical changes we we were very good last season in in lots of ways and what we're going to be looking at is, is stuff that's already been talked about stuff like um overlap on the on the sides like particularly on that left hand side uh that that needs to be worked on uh, dan Byrne, again I, I don't necessarily want to dig him out i think he did a great job last season some people don't um but he's not the most mobile. So how do you increase mobility? Do, can you? Who do you bring in? How do you kind of mitigate that? And ha the partnerships on that kind of left-hand side as well, because we move people out of the left. Um, when Willock got injured and things like that, he was a much more mobile player. And then and then you kind of lose that mobility up the left-hand side when he got injured and, and was pulled out of the squad. So I think those kind of changes are going to be the changes that we're going to be seeing. So it's not going to be flashy, wholesale, tactical, like overhaul. Yeah. But we are going to see this kind of um, subtle improvements. Again, so subtle is the word, isn't it? These subtle improvements um, because that's where that's how that's how a good team gets great. I, I think the way I would look at it is we're not going to sign players or work on anything that's going to fundamentally change the way we play, but we are going to try and do things that will add our ability to, to do more with the system we have yeah. in-game, yeah. which I think is like really, really important because we, we were great last year. The system was great. We would occasionally would absolutely destroy teams, but it was slightly two-dimensional in, in that if you could shut down the two or three major routes to goal we had, 
didn't really we went we scored a lot of very similar types of goals i think last season and the ability to just do a few little extra things here and there is massively important i want to talk very quickly about asm mm. and how important this preseason is for him uh, i'll open it to you all and i'll pose you a, a question or a dilemma Newcastle United, to play in Alan Maximin's position, have Joe Linton, who will, in my opinion, very clearly be first choice. Mm. They have one of their highest uh, ever signings in history in uh, Anthony Gordon, and they've got Alison Maximin. forgot about Gordon. <laughs> uh, does he have a future at the club? If, if they could sell him, would they, is what I'm asking, I suppose. I think, yes, they would if they could. Um, I assume he's for sale right now. Um, and I assume, I mean, we're not hearing any murmurs of anybody interested in him. And he, and he was injured for a lot of last season, so he didn't get to showcase himself. Does he have a future at the club? I think if we don't sell him this summer, yes. And only by virtue of us getting European football, because we need to rotate and we need to have a bit of squad depth. And we're going to try for a cup, I think. So so yes, in that respect, um, he he will benefit if he stays at the club from the fact that we now have to play a million more games um, at, at a harder elite um, athletic level. He he will be rotated into the squad if he's fit. Um, but I don't necessarily think he's integral to the way that we play. We saw that we managed just fine kind of without him. He, he is a creative player and he does add excitement to the game and and, you know, we're talking about breaking teams down. He's the player to kind of bring on and, and get into those little gaps and, and try and create things. But if we could sell him, I, I imagine we'll sell him. Yeah, the point you've just made was the one I was going to make. Um, I think we have very few players who, if it is a nil-nil stalemate mm -hmm. and there's not much going on, who can actually make something happen out of nothing. He's one of them, but he doesn't do it every week as well. That's the other thing. Um, Consistency-wise, he's been a bit all over the place in the last... 12 to 24 months um that said I, th I think you'd be a huge miss and i think to sell him to anyone in this league would be madness you know to sell him to any of our not just rivals anyone who we might play against was is, is probably a bad idea um i don't think anyone will meet the kind of asking price that it should take to mm. take him away from us but i think we need him I, I think we really do need him i think we um it's it's on him to prove that he has a, a role to play here and i think he should uh, he seems to be again this is a we see this every summer, but his, uh, his social media is, is all over. He's looking and he's looking <laughs> trim, um, but it's just uh, we don't have enough players like that. You know, Man City can just just rock on. Uh, you know, Phil Foden for, for twenty minutes if they need him when mm -hmm. he when he hasn't started mm -hmm. and, and change a game. And we don't yet have players like that. There are games where you just think this is crying out for a maximum of someone who can do, issue do is something though, explosive. I agree with you. The issue is 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 how how realistic is it to keep Alisson Maximin as a as a bench warmer who is whose role is clearly defined as a player to come off the bench. Very realistic. We're a Champions League team now. Yeah, but for him as well, I, though. I'm just not. I'm Adam, thoughts? Um, we don't have any footballers who do what Alan St. Maximan does on a football pitch, mm. and we would lose him, even if it's... I mean, there's FFP concern. You know, we do need to start looking at saleable assets in the squad. Like, the reality is we've, we've spent absolutely up to our maximum we've been able to because of the underspend by Mike Ashley. We're not in that position anymore. Like, if we want to, if we want to have a similar sort of outlay to last season... Probably will have to sell Alan to Maximan. That's the reality of it. And I agree with Charlotte completely. If a bid comes in, they'll just take it because he right now does feel like a bit of a spare part. But there's no player in that squad that has been more negatively impacted by us becoming a good team than <laughs> Alan to Maximan. Yeah. Because when teams would literally, you know, try and pin us into our own half at home because we were that little of a threat to them, 
the space that would leave him to he could absolutely murder teams doing that. And now he comes on the pitch. There isn't a jot of space for him to run into. He can't get into like a full lung busting run. He's got to try and you know have link a player on the box. It's entirely changed how he is as a footballer. And I don't think we gave him enough credit towards the second half of last season for how he adapted to that. Don't get me wrong. He is about as far away from a typical Eddie Howe player as you could get. Not in a million years would Eddie Howe ever buy Alan St. Maximan mm. if he wasn't already at the club. But he, he has made strides to fit into this system. If you look at his underlying numbers towards the second half, he was actually contributing an awful lot. That assist against West Ham, I thought, was no other t- player in the team does that for mm-hmm. us. Um, and it's, I, I get there is the human element to this of like, well, okay, you can stay and you'll probably play in Europe, but unless there's a couple of injuries, you're not going to be a Premier League starter, whether that's enough for him. And I don't know, that's, that's entirely down to him. But I think it's one of these things where there's no way to sort of easily sit here and plot what the course is going to be for it because if nobody comes in he'll stay and it may or may not be a good season for him if someone does then he'll leave there's too many variables I think for anybody to really predict what's going to happen here but for me personally I love watching him as a footballer teams will not sit in against us in the Champions League we haven't earned the, nobody's scared of us in the Champions League we're coming in the fourth pot you know this is our first year in it nobody will think they need to be overly defensive against us he will have a great time in that competition I'd just love to see him stay I, I think as you mentioned at the start um I'm, I'm leaning more towards a 60-game season because it won't just be one or two games in each cup. It'll be yeah, six or seven in each cup and the Champions League. Um, <laughs> I like it. But we don't get any League One teams. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> if uh, if Max Mann makes 30 appearances in a season um, that, that's got so many games and contributes some goals and assists, I think he'll be happy with that. I think the supporters will be happy with that. I think the club will be happy with that. That's the kind of contribution you need from that kind of player who isn't necessarily part of your core but adds something and... Some might say he's a luxury player, but we need some luxury players yeah. now. We need some some players who can, can, can make partial contributions to the season. We've got to stop looking at a squad of, of players needing to be the ones who can play 38 games off the trot. Yeah. He's never going to be one of those players for us, but that doesn't need, mean he can't be part of it. I will say as well, you mentioned before, like obviously Joe Linton's probably first choice in that position. Anthony Gordon is there as well, but Joe Linton plays equally well in centre midfield. Anthony Gordon can play anywhere across the front three, so I don't think it's a case of he's necessarily that far down the pecking order. There's games where all three players you mentioned could conceivably be on the pitch, and he plays really well on the right as well, and if for whatever reason we make, let's say we make a formation shift during the season, let's say we're, you know, we're one at number 10, he's excellent in the in the central role as well, so... Again, just on it, I mean, I can't speak to the actual likelihood of this, but just for me personally, I love watching him play and I'd be really sad if we lost him. Same, very briefly on him. You know, I, I think, assuming he stays okay, this preseason is massive. The The view is that last season, um, he, he physically wasn't able to to manage the way that Eddie Howe plays football. He put in two man of the match performances for me against Manchester United and West Ham in what was a great week. And yeah. he was he's brilliant. And he was very good against Man City, Wolves, maybe Forest at the start of the season. That's five games, as Craig Hope said on our Patreon show this week uh, to you, Si. Um, he, he referenced me, so I'll reference him. Um, <laughs> Quid you know, pro quo. Yeah. But I think he, he is right, though. At this level of football, you can't just reference five games across a 38-game season and say, wasn't this guy great? Or isn't this guy a worthy contributor to the team if it's just five games? And that's because predominantly because of fitness. But I think he has to come back super fit. I think he has to do what Miguel Almiron did last preseason. He has mm. to be this. He has to be the player we're all talking about going into this season mm. as being fit, as being better than other players, as being a goal threat. And then he might, like you said, those other options to how become more palatable because he thinks, well, I've got to find a way to get ASM in. So maybe Joe Litton does drop it in midfield. Maybe hard lines Joe Willock. Uh, they're nice problems to have if indeed yeah. they do yeah. become problems. We'll move on though to uh, to part three of the show um, very quickly. Um, Eddie Howe, get your thoughts on um, 
How what? jacked he's looking. <laughs> well, that's what that was the same last summer as well, Alan. Yeah. So God knows what he'll look like next summer. Um, <laughs> he's going to have traps. Oh. He's going to have really big traps, I think. <laughs> Eddie Howe. Uh, I think Eddie Howe got what he wanted last year. I think if Eddie Howe could pick the dream preseason, he got it. He got to go to kind of out of the limelight, somewhere yeah. that thousands and thousands of fans aren't going to travel when they went to Austria. Uh, they played uh, two games against German opposition, and then they came back. They played Burnley twice behind closed doors, uh, and then we went off to Benfica as a kind of high-level uh, Champions League caliber opposition and established ourselves very well in that game and played really well. Uh, and then we had two very similar um, kind of, you know, top 10 sides from in, in terms of foreign opposition in Atlanta and Athletic Bilbao. This season, he's stuck with, you know, three three of the Premier League's <laughs> top seven. Mm. So far, we haven't heard the other two. And I just, I, I, Eddie Howe will know the commercial importance of this, just like he does the upcoming documentary the club are releasing. He gets it, he's a football manager, but I'm just wondering, Charlotte, I'll start with you, how much of a of a kind of um, trade-off this is for how having to go out there for commercial reasons against having to do ultimately what he wants to do, which is kind of go to Austria, Germany, play some kind of hard teams in, in, in warm weather, but not stiflingly warm like it will yeah. be in the the deep south of the United States. So apparently they're going to close the lid of the stadium and it'll be air-conditioned. The, <laughs> the lid of the stadium. The ceiling, is that... The roof. The roof. The roof. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but Pharrell Williams over here. <laughs> Apparently, it will be air conditioned, so it won't be as stiflingly warm. Will you be able to report back for Patreon? I will. You? Yeah, join Patreon and I'll report back. Um, look, I've been thinking about this, and I think this is not what he wants, right? And also, this this summer series, it is some kind of competition. There's a winner. At the end of it all, so is, it's, is, that, is there actually like yeah. So you get something for it. I don't know if you get something for it, but like there's a winner, there's an overall winner. But it's hard because yeah. Anyway, would it, would it, would it, would it, would it count? Would it there count? Was, there was no. a winner of the Benfica fund last yeah. year. Yeah. The stakes are high these days. Yeah, the stakes are very high. Um, but so this this whole conceit, this Premier League summer series in the USA, is designed by the Premier League to get some money out of the USA to to expand their reach. Um, I, I'm going to the Philly game and the Atlanta game. The, the, your ticket is a double header. You see two games on your ticket, so oh. it doesn't actually. It's not for fans of a team. It's mm. for. It's to try and um, get people to be fans of teams and to get people to buy into the Premier League as a whole. In my opinion, obviously there are there are some fan zones. There are going to be there's a Phil, there's a Philadelphia Mags group and there's an Atlanta Mags group and all of that stuff. But these are seventy thousand seater stadiums, so they are trying to fill them with just football fans or soccer interested people. Um, I also think I'm, I'm I we'll never know probably, but there must be a directive from the Premier League that this has to be quite entertaining football. This has to. There must be, don't you think? Because because they're trying to get people to buy into this into this brand, into what, like this thing. A, mi- a minimum XG per team, like Richard, maybe <laughs> Richard I, Masters walking into the dressing room. I don't going, know. Don't embarrass me out there. <laughs> get like, let's have some jeopardy. Let's have. Some, I don't know what it would look like, but it is not your traditional preseason, <laughs> and it is not going to be an opportunity to kind of um, just kind of sit back and watch what the team does. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really strange experience. And yeah, it's it's not what he wants, as you say, probably. And we don't have a direct line into Eddie Howe's brain. But I, I don't think that this is the ideal. As a, if I was a football manager, I wouldn't think, brilliant, we're going to the US. 
we're going straight from the Rangers game because the Rangers game is like that Friday. Is it the Friday? I hope not. Because uh, uh, my hotel's booked for Tuesday night, I think. Oh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> well, they're going straight from there to Atlanta. You've got to adjust to the, uh, the heat, the humidity, the time zone difference, and then play these games by the Sunday. Um, so, yeah, so the Philadelphia one's the Sunday, the Atlanta one's the Wednesday, and then the New Jersey one's the following week. So you're going to see rotation. You're going to see tired players probably i don't know i just find it all it's all a bit odd i'm excited to go and see what it's all about but i think i think it is is so far and away from the ideal pre-season for any football manager really yeah to answer your question alex eddie howler felt sick as a chip when he seen that <laughs> schedule coming out. Oh, eddie we're going to take them all to the to america for these high intensity games against the last teams you're going to possibly <laughs> want to play in america and the thing is he's a, he knows the situation like he knows exactly why they're doing that so it'll have just been a resigned okay then from him like it if he could have his way, we'd do exactly the same as last as last preseason. As you say, we'd get out the limelight, we'd play the right kinds of opposition, we wouldn't travel too far, we wouldn't put like miles on the clock. But it's just that's what it is. That's the league we're playing now. You've got you've just you've got you've got to kowtow to these these uh, these requirements. That's that's the thing. Sorry, sorry, just jump in on, on that point. Is it's not like we're at a disadvantage compared to our rivals. Mm. Liverpool are in Singapore, also incredibly yeah. humid, strange place. Not strange, but a di- different place yeah. to play football. Like very humid. It is. It is simply we are just going to be doing the same things as our rivals. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like you say, Adam, that's just the way it is. And this is how it will look going forward, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be hot and humid. Oh, we're, honestly, we are. We are years. Probably not even that many years away from there just being around the Premier League fixtures that are. That take place outside of the country. Yeah, they will not. They'll not do the 39th game thing. That was, t- but there'll be some kind of round of games where once a season. I mean, ours will probably be in Saudi Arabia, yeah. which is isn't that a shorter flight now than the USA? It's the long haul flights that bothers me. Long haul flights, three games in in one week. It's it's it is a bit crap. Uh, I'd like to think that he um, wherever in the USA we set up camp as a, as a side. There'll be a proper um, training camp. That, that, that's and, and that's a good point because they, they've, I believe, intentionally basing from Atlanta so that the training facilities and the, the accommodation and everything is the same. So it's not like yeah. three different cities with three different training facilities with three different places to set up. Oh, I, I, think I the, couldn't the, be doing that, mate. The, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't be going all over the place like that. I'd need at least one sort of bit of consistency and all of that. Yeah, whilst there were competitive <laughs> friendlies against um, 1860 Munich and whoever the Austrian team Mainz. were last year. Mainz. 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 Um, it wasn't so much about the games as it was the training camp in That's the mountains and, and as long as they can get that out of this trip i'm sure eddie howe will be happy and he'll be he'll have diligently planned out how they're going to fit in the, the training schedule he wants but whilst the games themselves the weird and wonderful scripted premier league games that we that we're, we're being promised i'm telling um, you it's hollywood imagine if they did script it to an extent they're like look we need somebody we need a bit of needle after about 15 minutes someone's got to go in slightly late a bit of argy I am, i'm telling you i wouldn't be surprised like this is this is a this <laughs> a is a, something that is designed to hook f- fans in, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. In that sense, what my point is exactly that. I think the games themselves won't be the uh, won't be the practice that Eddie Howe's hoping for. And I think the two friendlies or three friendlies that we managed to fit in after this trip will be the ones where he really starts to nail down in-game um, preparations. This is just going to be all about what they can get out of it in terms of the yeah. training camp, in terms of the, mm-hmm. the warm weather, because, yeah, you know, Central America, whatever, um, it's going to be boiling, um, which I suppose is, is something that we've done now. And, you know, the warm weather training yeah. definitely seems to benefit this team. 
um, yeah, the matches themselves, and you'll be wanting to protect players, you'll not be wanting to overrun them in, in that kind of air-conditioned <laughs> environment. So, Look, I can't um, speak for Eddie Howe, but I can not speak for me, and that is absolutely not how I set my preseason up on Football <laughs> Manager. <laughs> the the really good point, though, I think, Sai, about wanting to protect players, because we got injuries in preseason, didn't we, last, last summer, and we're all sort of hankering for... Um, for buying players and stuff but I think this measured approach is is right because you don't know what injuries you're going to pick up in this quite difficult preseason mm. tour um like Premier League's probably directed somebody to break a leg and we're gonna have to you've, got to, you've got to get off this you've got to get this out of your head <laughs> well but, but you know was it not Shelby who got injured yeah, career over. yeah done done for so we need to kind of you know yeah, wrap them up in bubble wrap. It's like Craig said on the again the pod with you side this week that the only reason Alexander Rysak is Newcastle player is because Callum Wilson got injured against right. Man City last season. Yeah. You, it might they might also be keeping something back for the season. Hundred percent. And there's several yeah. fixtures like you play before the, both the Champions League window and the Champions League, Champions League the transfer window and the Champions League draw. But we will leave it there for this week. Thank yeah. you so much to you three. Uh, we're on Patreon, of course. Hear loads more of us. Sign has a chat with Mark Douglas, hopefully this week, behind the paywall as well for Ooh. Patreon. So come and join us on that three to eight pounds a month. We'd love to have you along. We'll be back next week with one of these free Newcastle United True Faith podcasts. Bye-bye. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.